Hi everyone, my name's Harini. I'm Camille. We're going to be talking to you about how social media facilitates sex crimes through the buying and selling of nudes. And this is the News Podcast. Just to start, we wanted to make it clear that it is never the victim's fault and there is absolutely no judgement in this episode of women. And there are a lot of us who can relate to the content that we are about to share. A lot of women enjoy taking nude photographs. It can make us feel sensual and powerful. And a lot of women have considered or do respond to the men in their DMs asking for anything like feet pictures in exchange for money. And there is no judgment of any of that from us. Camille and I were also saying that if the demographic of this podcast was mainly men, then I think that the message that we would put out about this kind of stuff would be so different along the lines of grow up, get your act together, sharing your girlfriend's nudes with your friends or sharing your ex's nudes to get back at her. Like it is, it's uncool, it's gross, it's horrifying, it's disgusting. And more than anything, it puts women in so much danger. But actually the majority of our audience is women. And so the message we're putting out today is quite different to that. It's about the risks of nudes and the internet purely because if we can help one girl or protect someone from the horrible stuff that unfortunately does happen with the information we're sharing, then we kind of have to. However, in the hours of research leading up to this episode, I myself have actually changed opinion about what kind of message to send out. And it has gone from a positive one of encouraging sexual freedom and just being cautious and aware of the risks to a position where actually that seems like a completely irresponsible message for us to put out. And that being truly aware of the risks does the job itself of killing the allure completely. So I really hope that by the end of this episode, you can also see why I've done a complete U-turn on the advice that I would give to my friends and therefore also the listeners of this podcast and that the risks are so, so much bigger than it originally seems. Finally, aside from the huge trigger warning for anyone who has been a victim of this kind of crime, this episode is tailored to probably what already exists in your life, either as a temptation, something that your friends advocate, or is quite literally in your Instagram DMs. Similarly to any parents listening, this episode will hopefully provide an accurate and up-to-date portrait of these risks. Essentially, this is the useful, relevant version of the school internet safety talk that we wish that we'd been given, and we've tried to keep this episode as informative as possible. Now it goes without saying that taking nude photos is ultimately for many an act of sexuality and therefore many people of any gender can be tempted to take them while engaging in internet sex or flirting largely with a partner that at that time they trust. But obviously like with anything else to do with sex there is also the risk of being groomed without one's knowledge. However in a Forbes article from 2012 they said that 6% of adults and 4% of teens have taken or regularly take nude photos. However now those statistics vary and none of the websites I searched for gave the same as each other largely because it's not something everyone wants to admit to but all of them place the number between 40 and 60% of the population with an average of 20 nudes being sent per second in the US alone. Even a Cosmo article proudly tells us that 90% of its readers take and send them with an average age of only 21. Now, the risks of taking nudes can be split into five 
general categories and I'll cover them going from the most to least obvious or talked about. So the first is leaking, the second is threatening, the third is hacking, the fourth is faking and the fifth is selling. So to start, leaking nudes is obviously a crime and it can lead to up to five years in prison and an unlimited fine. But unfortunately reporting it isn't without its risks. In fact, when researching this topic, we googled Met police advice on leaked nudes and the top five results were all reports on Met policemen asking for nudes from victims of revenge porn or policemen taking illegal photos during strip searches or of them generally giving a slap on the wrist to the women who took a nude and not investigating the people who sent them. And this was so unreassuring that we nearly didn't include it in the episode because we absolutely want to encourage young women to report these crimes because they are exactly that, crimes. But I hope for anyone who previously couldn't understand why girls don't quote-unquote just report it, we can now understand this phenomenon. As a word of reassurance though, the fact that it hits the news and becomes this huge scandal, I think at least points a little bit to the rarity of this happening. Also, stay tuned because I think later we will be trying to talk about some of the companies that are being used by women to help them through this situation. Also, leaking nudes often comes from an ex or your ex's friends, but hacking into people's phones, social media or the cloud is becoming more and more commonplace and quickly becomes impossible to trace. So just because your current partner is super trustworthy right now, the people who can very easily hack in your or even their cloud are not. But while these topics clearly need to be covered, leaking, threatening and hacking are the super obvious risks of taking news. So what we want to highlight is the new wave of risks. For example, an internet bot was discovered during COVID that was trawling social media accounts and creating deep fake photos and pornographic videos. At the time, it had taken more than 100,000 women's identities for this, and there's no way of knowing exactly how many photos were made or how many people viewed them all. But it does act as a reminder that even when you're not posting news on Instagram, not only are they still very much accessible through bots like these, but it's a good recommendation to know everyone who follows you on social media, and the risks of having strangers seeing photos of you is much bigger than it was five years ago when you first downloaded the apps because of deep fakes like these. Yeah, exactly. And very similarly, the facilitation of sex crimes through social media extends to websites such as Anon IB or a whole bunch of Reddit pages where men buy and sell nude photos of women. In fact, this has become such a lucrative market for all the sleazy exes and hackers of the internet era that it is now so densely populated by unconsenting women that it's become this sort of postcode guide of sex crimes. Men who use these sites can actually search for names, regions, cities, even local boroughs and school to more specifically target men they think will have photos to sell and then offer them a price. Unsurprisingly, where a patriarchal nightmare begins, it just doesn't end here, with the comment sections being at best commodifying and degrading, and at worst, explicit rape threats coupled with 
the victim's Snapchat account or postcode provided by other users of the platform, which is horrifying and really, really scary to think about. Claire McGlynn, professor of law at Durham University, says that what is the hardest message is that people would rather think perpetrators of intimate image abuse are either perverts or an extremely malicious other type of person. The truth is that it's everyday men and boys. Close groups, lad chats, bonding over explicit images and banter has become absolutely ubiquitous. An article in The Guardian earlier this year quotes McGlynn alongside a study revealing that in Australia, New Zealand and the UK, an estimated one in five men are perpetrating this intimate image abuse, either through sharing explicit images with their friends or strangers and with notable spikes in the years of lockdown. In fact, in the first two weeks of lockdown, the number of calls to the revenge porn helpline doubled. Now about this phenomenon named collector culture, and make of that name in itself what you will, Australian socio-legal professor Nicola Henry says that despite a lot of media attention focused on revenge against an ex-partner as the key motivation, it's actually more commonly related to sexual gratification or impressing online peers. For instance, on some sites, she says, images of wives and girlfriends are shared to get positive feedback from other users. One of the nearly 800 perpetrators, shameless enough to be interviewed by her, a woman no less, said it was a bit of showing off. After I'd built up quite a collection, I started to kind of take this pride in it. But moving away from the explicit desire to shame victims isn't just a pathetic excuse for keeping this behaviour away from women, who, after decades of being told to report perpetrators to the police, now do. But then the men just skulk away on the internet without fear of consequence or revenge porn. It also highlights this giant loophole in British law that defines the crime of revenge porn as needing to be with the intent to cause humiliation to the victim. And this is kind of what we meant at the beginning of the episode about it being genuinely irresponsible of us, we thought at least, to suggest that taking nudes is simply something to be a little bit cautious about because there are huge risks involved, because even legally, unfortunately, the odds are so stacked against women who have taken nudes to a degree that it's almost difficult to understand. For example, if I walk through Oxford Street, one of London's busiest roads naked, all the people currently on that road would see me naked for the split second that I was in that eyeline, right? There isn't really an online equivalent, but I guess using the same example it would be like standing still on Oxford Street on a podium naked holding a magnifying glass for the rest of my life and then some except I was always at this age and also everyone looking at me is on FaceTime with a bunch of friends and relatives as well and telling more people to come and see. It's impossible to equate it to something tangible because the internet itself is intangible and that's partly why it's brought this new dimension to these sex crimes and why it's so scary. Finally, there are companies out there such as Verified Associates that are a copyright infringement company and have helped a number of victims of intimate photo abuse on OnlyFans to delete content in themselves that was being published without their consent. It scans the internet for photos of the victim and deletes them and then systematically deletes them at any time that they are re-uploaded, 
with regular updates for the victim to feel connected with this search. You can find out more about them on their website and some testimonies on 60 Minutes Australia on their documentary about our OnlyFans. Now, as we said at the beginning, taking a nude photo should not in any way hinder your safety in an ideal world, and it is never, ever, ever the victim's fault. But actually knowing all of what you risk by taking one, let alone sending one, can be very, very different to the risks that you think you know now. So if there is any episode that you send to your friends, please let it be this one before it's too late, because unironically, it could absolutely change someone's life for the better yeah I completely agree taking a nude photo should not in any way hinder your safety and at the beginning of the episode we also said that so many women take nudes because it makes them feel powerful and sensual and it makes them feel good in their own bodies and that's how it should be right and it's so unfortunate that we've had to make this episode and it makes me so sad because the onus is always on women to protect their own safety. It's always on women to understand the risks. And it just, it's its really annoying and it's really frustrating, but we just felt like it was our responsibility to share the risks because they really did shock us. It's unfair that we have to consider it is the point that I'm trying to make. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. If you are a listener of the news podcast and want to get in touch or give us feedback you can always email us at admin at newslondon.co.uk we also have a blog at www.newslondon.co.uk you can also check out our instagram at news underscore ldn where in the following couple of weeks we will be advertising two charities that link to today's episode hashtag not your porn and my image my choice that's all from us this was the news podcast